Halifax with Adam Curry for October 28th, 2019. This is episode number 13. Oh, yeah. Just had to wait for the drums to drop. Hey, Mo, how you doing? I'm doing good, Adam. How about yourself? Nothing like starting to show off a little Kanye. little Yeezy for oh. y'all. <laughs> oh, yeah, Yeezy. So. Hold on. Listen to this, man. Listen to this. Oh, yeah. That's so loud. I <laughs> love that. Love that song. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of know what we're going to do today, which is nice. Yeah. So by the song, it's a dead giveaway. We're going to talk about Kanye West. Uh, but we're going to do is give Kanye West his justice by looking at the dynamic personality that he is. Uh, I liken him to being the black Donald Trump. Interesting. And okay. That, yeah. <laughs> that I mean, the reason why I say that is one, he's going to be somebody that we talk about decades from now. He's just one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, they have this independence about themselves that really rubs the establishment the wrong way. Yes. And since you made the comparison up front, Kanye is like several people who I really, really, really like a lot. And that's the reason I like him is because of what they're saying overall. But as I'm now a little bit older, I understand that not only is nobody perfect, but these great people will say fantastic things. And then sometimes the most idiotic, stupid, or perhaps incomprehensible things but that's exactly what I like about him is is it's the imperfections that make it so beautiful. And yeah, I, I would put him I would put Trump in the same category. Absolutely. There's more people not not as famous, but we're just they just say it and they they speak their their heart, their mind. And sometimes it's, you know, like me, I, I have the two. I do. I say all kinds of stupid shit amid, amidst the brilliance, of course. <laughs> of course. And I feel I feel like I'm the same way, but I don't have that filter or that filter is very uh porous. Uh, <laughs> that right. where the truth comes out and in the clip bite world that we live in, uh is it's refreshing to have these kind of individuals. And then two, <clears throat> as you said, that the way they say certain things, they could be clipped to sound like idiots. Yes, very easily. So uh, what I want to do with this show is to give some deep diving, uh, deep diving uh, view, uh, look into Kanye and what he's meant to uh, quote unquote black people and how the media has warped him, his, his, uh, his, what he is into what they want him to be. And a, a perfect example, um, well, he just came out with a recent album yep. called uh, Jesus is King. Yes. And this is a whole new, it's kind of like he's come back around to where he started. Uh, I've always said that Kanye West cannot be canceled because he made Jesus Walks. He is bulletproof. I've, I've said that from day one. Mm-hmm. He has a certain tie with his fans. Uh, he has a certain equity that he can defeat cancel culture. So we're going to get right into these clips. And I have an ISO just to show um, from I was go- on social media looking at how people clip things. 
And I have an ISO showing how if you just take a small soundbite of Kanye West, he can sound like a complete idiot. And I'm the one who, you eat fish sticks because I have skinny jeans on. (laughs) (laughs) Now, fair warning, in preparation for the show, I, I did watch the interview. Uh, okay. <laughs> that uh, that that you're deconstructing here. I also uh, listened to the album, so um, I'm, I come prepared to the show. But yes, this is exactly <laughs> when I heard him say that. I had the same thought. I'm like, oh, there you go. There's your clip. Put that out there. Yeah. Nut job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you you eat fish sticks because I wear skinny jeans. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. So uh, just a warning for people that uh, have young people that listen to the show. Uh, this will have some adult content in it just because of who we're dealing with, uh, but not too much. I, I try to clip out as much as possible, which would make this show very labor intensive. Uh, wait a minute. You cut out all the bad words? No, I didn't cut out all the bad words. I tried to keep context to the clip without including the bad words. Ah, okay. So all right. I didn't, I, I didn't edit it any way to where it, I edited what he said. I just try to clip either before or after okay. uh, just to keep the, because I want to make it a family friendly show, you know, um, because we, it is a, uh, edutainment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Edutainment <laughs> info statement. Here we go. Yes. So before we dive right in, uh, I want, I have one more, uh, ISO, and this is what popular one, the, the fish stick when I made myself, but this was the one that was floating around on the, on the socials. Rappers be talking about, I got your bitch. Instagram got your bitch. Mm-hmm. Instagram got your bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I know my Christian scorecard just went down for using a profane, a profane piece of language. Uh, you ain't got your Instagram got all y'all. Because they're going to do it for the gram before they do it to you. They're going to send mm-hmm. a picture to the gram before they send it to you. Yeah, I, I actually understood this when he said it. <laughs> yes. I, I speak a little Kanye, a little Yeezy. Yeah, so this is the one that uh, made its rounds on the uh, social as a, as a meme. Uh, so before we get into where Kanye is right now, as you always know, I like to go backwards to give proper context to where we are. Yes. So for a lot of our listeners, we they may have not followed the path of Kanye West. I can say I have been a Kanye West. I don't use the word fan, but follower. Um, if you want to say at, at, at the age I was, I was a fan. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I want to say 2001, maybe. So just to date myself, that made me about 21 years old. This is when Kanye West was not heard of. And he was only making beats on other people's uh, albums. Right. I, I take I took a likening to his music so much so that it influenced me. I, I, if people don't know, I make music also. And if you go to mofax.com, you can hear some of my music, but he had that kind of impact on me. So I've been through this whole journey with him from day one. Um, and I, what I mean, and I truly mean day one before he even, even before I even knew what he looked like, I only knew his music. But what made him crack, come crashing into maybe mainstream media was uh, his back, in, uh, his uh, comment, George Bush doesn't care about black people. George Bush doesn't care about black people. I 
thought Kanye West was blisteringly brilliant, even as he stumbled toward uh, his self-expression. He was nervous, after all. He's going off script. George Bush doesn't care about black people. Kanye West's comment was wonderful. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> you can see, if you really look at it, he's like, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. And I'm sure he's trying to think of something eloquent and wonderful and politically astute. George Bush doesn't care about black people. When I went up to NBC, I hadn't planned to make a statement. I didn't know what I was going to do. I read what they wanted me to read, and I felt like, you know, at practice I read teleprompter, and I felt like it wasn't heartfelt enough. So I knew I was going to speak from my heart. Don't put me in front of the camera if you don't want me to say how I feel. And he said George Bush doesn't care about black people. Now, the amazing thing was to turn to Mike Myers, who was sitting there like a deer caught in the headlights. Mr. Mike Myers, Dr. Evil, couldn't even utter a word, inarticulate, rendered mum and numb. After I said it, just everyone in the room was polarized. And like, it's kind of like I had to show myself to the elevator. And Mike Myers just looked at me and said, well, it is what it is. And it was a bar right across the street from here where we went to go have drinks right afterwards. Because it's one of those ones, you know, where you do something, you're like, oh, shit, this might be the last drink we ever have. <laughs> My reaction was, A, he's, he's talking for a lot of us. A lot of us felt that Bush didn't like black people. And I was happy because in the, I've been very critical of a lot of the hip-hop artists who have said nothing relevant, in many ways have said a lot of destructive things. I thought it was a breath of fresh air that at least somebody said something constructive and stood up for their people. Well, when I was up there, I wasn't concerned about record sales. I wasn't concerned about um, sponsorships, about losing any sponsorships, which, I mean, we did. But I was more concerned about, you know, if I was in these people's shoes. Now, I remember this moment very well because this was the moment that Kanye came into my life. I know that sounds mm-hmm. pretty weird, but I mean it that way. <laughs> and uh, I, I think it was the Hurricane Katrina benefit show. Uh, yes. And uh, I remember I, I remember because Bon Jovi was part of uh, getting it together. And I remember thinking, listen, douchebags, why don't you just take all your money and go do something there? And then I remember Kanye said that, and I went, holy shit, this is great. <laughs> it just blew me away. I loved it. From the, I just like, oh, now there's a brave guy. I thought it was fantastic at the time. And this made him come crashing into uh, mainstream celebrity. This is the one that did it. And, and he, and he gra- ingratiated himself with black people to the point. He had already given us... Uh, Jesus, uh, um, Jesus walks. Uh, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt. I just want to say that because this is all about our perspectives. From my Mm -hmm. perspective, uh, of course, I'm not black, so I wasn't like, "Yay, go black." But I was thinking, "Screw you, elites." That's that is what it said to me. Is screw you with your stupid telethon bull crap. You know, this whole thing is just a farce. That's that's what it how it came across to me. And I really like that. And, and let's put some perspective on this, because at this time, George Bush is what Donald Trump is now. Hated. So it was uh, the liberals ate it up. Um, and who would have thought, fast forward, how many ever years it is now, 
Ten. George Bush would be hanging out with Ellen <laughs> yes. and hugged by Michelle Obama. <gasps> Woo! And and Kanye West be facing cancellation from black people. Who who would have ever thought in a parallel universe that could even be a reality? It's a wonderful uh, day that, in the neighborhood. <laughs> it's nuts. <laughs> yeah, you're so right. You're so right. That just that just goes to show you how fast things can change and um people can fall out of favor with uh with their quote unquote fans. Uh so as we continue on to uh, the historical path of one Mr. Kanye West, we have to look at the um his parallel or his interactions with one other president not being Donald Trump, that being Barack Obama. Hey, Bob DX, I'm Justin Hunt. This is The Breakdown. This is dope to think about. For the past eight years, hip hop has been welcome in the White House. President Barack Obama embraced the culture throughout his two terms, fist bumping, dusting his shoulders off on the campaign trail, shaking hands with Kendrick Lamar in the Oval Office. Jay and Beyonce might as well have been a part of his administration. I mean, every week it seems like there's a new turn up at the White House featuring all of our favorite MCs. But what's most interesting to me is watching the relationship between President Obama and Kanye West play out publicly. Amen, fist bump. <laughs> That's right, man. I, I remember. Hey, the press be fist bumping. That's pretty cool. Yeah, giving dap and you know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, they are uh, in in a strange way tied together, both from being from Chicago. I mean, we know Obama's not from Chicago, but he was um, sold to us that way from being from South South Side Chicago. And they made their rise to popularity on the same timeline. Uh, so they were tied together in this real, real way. So let's listen more into about their relationship. Kanye and Obama's explosion into the national consciousness happened right around the same time. Obama's first major look was in 2004 during the Democratic National Convention. Kanye's first major solo look was in 2004. He released a college dropout that year. Obama won the White House in 2008. Two weeks later, Kanye West released 808s and Heartbreak. This was funny. Obama described the first time he met Kanye West during an interview with Jimmy Kimmel and whether or not he still calls Kanye's house phone. Believe it or not, this was a topic of conversation in 2016. Roll the clip, James. I've met Kanye twice. Uh, the first time when I was uh, a senator and he was with his mom and uh, he, had, he had just gotten big. He's from Chicago. Right. And so uh, they, they, wanted to, they wanted to meet and uh, you know, he was very soft-spoken, very, very gracious. That sounds like him. And, and uh, <laughs> I mean, he was a young guy and, and hadn't quite, you know, uh, uh, come come uh, into his own. And then uh, about six months ago, uh, he came to an event. And uh, look, I, I love his music. He's, he's uh, incredibly creative. Um, I don't think I've got his home number. <laughs> you don't have his own number. Obama's a cool cat, man. Swag on a hundred thousand trillion. Of course, Kanye replied a day later. Here's what he told TMZ. I love Obama. He called our house before. He knows that. Don't try to pit us against each other. Obama does call my house sometimes. This is funny. Like I don't remember ever seeing this. A president going back and forth with a rapper. I'm so glad you uh, you brought this back up, Mo, because to add to your list that you mentioned earlier, how about Kanye being friends with President Obama and friends with President Trump? I mean, that's it's it's 
I mean, even Elvis didn't have to spawn two presidents. I don't think that, that that's he's a very unique character, and we have and that for me to dedicate a whole uh, episode to one person. It wasn't out of fandom. Is that we have to really look at this? He's not a rapper. He's not a celebrity. I don't know what box to put him in, but he he's a he's a he's a personality. He's an icon. I mean, and I don't mean that like I said, any kind of fan worship. You have to give a person credit. It's like with with Trump before he became president, you just couldn't say he was a real estate guy, no, or a celebrity. No, it's th- like these guys are national treasures. Yeah, uh, but as you know, uh, friends turn to enemies, and it. it if, for people that didn't follow this, Obama never fully embraced Kanye the way people thought that he would. And that was very strange. And I think that was a calculation from Obama mm-hmm. because he knew uh, this guy, he could say anything. <laughs> he saw that uh, hates white people bit and he thought, eh, maybe they'll be a little cautious. Exactly. Exactly. And he and he knew he could not. Uh, he didn't want to tie himself to uh, to uh, Kanye. And I think Kanye was an understanding of that mm-hmm. because he didn't want to be a distraction. But there was an event that happened that like pretty much put a fissure between uh, uh, Obama and Kanye. Kanye also says something interesting there. He said, don't try to pit us against each other. And there were a few incidents where it seemed like the media was doing just that, pitting Obama against Kanye West. The first took place in 2009, and it came from this statement that Obama made off the record. This was a day after Kanye West made Taylor Swift famous during the VMAs. The young lady seems like a perfectly nice person. She's getting her award. What's he doing? Why would he do that? He's a jackass. Again, that was 2009. Before that clip leaked, though, ABC Nightline co-anchor Terry Moran tweeted, President Obama just called Kanye West a jackass for his outburst at VMAs when Taylor Swift won. Now that's presidential. The tweet was later deleted. ABC was forced to release this statement, which said, in the process of reporting on remarks by President Obama that were made during a CNBC interview, ABC News employees prematurely tweeted a portion of those remarks that turned out to be from an off-the-record portion of the interview. This was done before our editorial process had been completed. That was wrong. We apologize to the White House and CNBC and are taking steps to ensure that it will not happen again. 2009 was so long ago. Like Even ABC didn't have the safeguards in place to make sure their journalists weren't leaking off-the-record information. No one was prepared for the social media takeover. Nevertheless, a few months later, Kanye West responded to Obama. He shared his reaction when he heard that Obama called him a jackass in a conversation with XXL. Here's what he said. Obama has way more important stuff to worry about than my public perception. He was trying to pass the health care bill. And if he said that to relate to the room or lighten the room up and the whole move, then I'd be more than happy to be the butt of all his jokes if it in some way helps his overall mission. I'm a soldier of culture. I'm resilient. I'm sure I'll still beat him in basketball. (laughs) Wow. So a couple things. First of all, ABC, what a bunch of weenie pussy boys over there. Yeah, we're sorry we leaked. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, we didn't mean to do it. It was oh, off the record. We can't report on that. Uh, 
where they didn't want to get pulled from the gaggle. Of course, you know of course, they want want to keep their access. You know it absolutely. So, um, so we see where where, where this, the divide starts, and once again, media Kanye was was the bigger person to say. You know, I mean, if he was, you know, make me a butt of the joke to you're saying for the greater good, that's what I'll do. But if you look at the video of it. I would have took offense to it because let's be honest here. We're going to look at, look at things through a certain lens. You got president Obama, the black guy in a room full of white people calling another black guy, a a jackass. And they all bust out laughing. Like, ha 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 ha. I'm sure. I'm sure. No, Mo, you couldn't have been more white when you did that. Congratulations. That was, I mean, that's, that's how the, <laughs> you sounded just like us. <laughs> that's, that's how the laughs were. And it was like, good when Obama, you know, it was like, yeah, I think even no, Obama you know, knew. I see it. I, 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 I remember this. I'd forgotten that the whole room was filled with white people. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty lame. Right. So I'm just saying how it appears I didn't, i'm not saying that's how it was but optics matter mm-hmm. um so i think this was the beginning of the end of any um kanye and obama bromance right uh or any possibility of it so then it became out like a for the hip-hop fans out there it became a all-out subliminal war of disses between obama and kanye which is culture. Yes. It's, it, it's, it's exactly what it is. And it's culture. And so they started trading barbs back and forth through the media, as we see in this next clip. Now, that was one of the first times we ever saw those two comment on each other publicly. Here's another. During the 2012 campaign season, during an interview with Atlantic Monthly, Obama was asked whether he prefers Kanye West or Jay-Z. The president said Jay-Z. Although I like Kanye, he's a Chicago guy, smart, he's very talented. This is when the reporter David Samuels says, even though you called him a jackass, to which Obama replies, he is a jackass, but he's talented. There's the media, throwing the alley. There's Obama, bringing it home. This one's a little different. This next one's a little different. In July 2013, during a conversation with Amazon for their Kindle interview series, Obama used Kim Kardashian and Kanye West as example of the change in culture that's negatively impacted children's views on the American dream. Here's what he said. There was not that window into the lifestyles of the rich and famous. Kids weren't monitoring every day what Kim Kardashian was wearing or where Kanye West was going on vacation and thinking that somehow that was the mark of success. But that's how upset people were when Kanye West compared Michelle Obama to Kim Kardashian. He was asked about it during a conversation with Philly's Hot 107.9. Here's how he explained his reasoning for doing so. Oh uh, yeah, well I think that uh, he should mention my baby mama name, you know, because we both from Chicago. Don't be mentioning my baby mama's name because we both from Chicago. This is a rapper and a president. He said it jokingly, and I think he meant it. Here's why. Here's what he told Angie Martinez after that. The reason why Obama mentioned our name is because we most relevant. Case in point. So if I say that, that's because it's the case in point. He just say that just trying to be cool. Obama was supposed to be the coolest person on the planet. Now I got to say our names to be cool. It's like a feature. (laughs) We featured in his interviews right now. They need a feature from us Nobody's, to, to get relevance. You haven't gotten you, know? the, you haven't gotten that call in the middle of the night yet? Mm-hmm. What call? You know that call that like 
stop talking about the president call? I always think that comes when people talk Yo, about the president. You know, you know I, that like there's sometimes I think about that at night, but you know, <laughs> it, it, it don't it don't matter because it's still all a distraction, and that's what? all they need and want. This is all a distraction. Food for thought, right there. Wow, Kanye knows what's up. So imagine if you take out Obama and put in Trump going back and forth with a rapper on this level, what the news would be. Oh, it would be on fire. So I'm just saying, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm a fair judge. I'm, saying, I'm a fair judge. So this, I believe, was a precursor or more incentive for Kanye to jump on the Trump train. Feelings matter, This was Kanye at a Sacramento, California concert, and this is when he let the whole world know that he was a, a Trump supporter. Yeah, and it set the world on fire. <laughs> uh, and of course, well, stop. How yes. did you feel when you heard that? Okay, I kind of I kind of had an inkling because there was rumors of him wearing a Make America Great Again hat mm-hmm. uh, on planes. But this was like undeniable. And this was after um, Hillary had lost. So I, I want to say that. So this was at, this was post-election. Oh, okay. He didn't come out during the le- during the election. Got it. Because he didn't. I don't think he was ready for that kind of. uh to be blamed because he would have been blamed if he would have came out and the same thing and Trump would have won. He would have been blamed yeah, for that. Yeah. Uh, the, what we say, it went from 66 to 57% turnout. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been pinned on him. So he had enough awareness not to uh, say anything publicly until after the race was over. Right. Uh, with that said, in the same concert rant, he said, Google lied to you. Facebook lied to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he <laughs> was on. I mean, it, was a, it was like a 17, I think a 17 minute rant. 
he showed up to the he showed up to the uh, concert an hour and a half late. The three songs, a 17 minute rant, and then mic drops and rolls out. Uh, so, yeah. So the reaction to that was Kanye West has to be crazy. He's nuts. The guy is off his rocker. He has to be crazy, and so much so, he was hospitalized the day, the very day after. So after that, he went into hiding. Uh, for a very long time, uh, they were saying that he had mental issues. And to me personally, I think that was damage control by the record labels, by uh, the shoe companies, and by all his other advertisers that they probably thought he was going to be canceled and his career was over. Right. Uh, so fast forward, uh, he pops up again, but this time at the White House. Kanye West came to the White House to discuss prison reform and ways to combat violent crime. But things quickly went off script and what happened next in the Oval Office does have everyone talking. Overnight, rap star Kanye West extending his D.C. tour, taking his show on the road to a local Apple store. He is open to adjusting. Just hours earlier, a stunning scene in the Oval Office, capped by that remarkable embrace with the commander-in-chief. I love this guy right here. But it's West's 10-minute freewheeling profanity-laced monologue that's making waves. <laughs> While sitting next to football Hall of Famer Jim Brown, West praised President Trump. Trump is on his hero's journey right now, and he might not have expected to have a crazy like Kanye West. And that red Make America Great Again hat. It was something about when I put this hat on, it made me feel like Superman. At times, pounding the historic Resolute desk to make his point. Manufacturing. Freestyling on more than 40 topics. It's a hydrogen-powered uh, airplane. If he don't look good, we don't look good. So when I said I like Trump to like someone that's liberal, they'll say, oh, but he's racist. You think racism can control me? The entire spectacle seeming to even leave the president speechless. That was quite something. At one point, West revealed he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, but said he got a second opinion. He said that I actually wasn't bipolar. I had sleep deprivation, which could cause dementia. West raising eyebrows for some of his comments about race. You know, people expect that if you're black, you have to be Democrat. I have a, uh, I've, I've had conversations that basically said that welfare is the reason why a lot of black people end up being Democrat. Overnight, reaction pouring in. This is white supremacy by ventriloquism. A black <laughs> mouth is moving, but white racist ideals are, are flowing from Kanye West's mouth. Still, for President Trump, who has his eye on the midterms and who struggled to win over African-American supporters, the visit by such a high-profile person of color could prove to be powerful optics. In these photos obtained by TMZ, West even convincing the president, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner, to wear Make America Great hats, saying the word again is offensive to some blacks. A surreal scene and an Oval Office first. He's been a great guy. Smart cookie. Yes, I remember this. It uh, wasn't too mm -hmm. long ago, and I deconstructed on the No Agenda show. Then I, because this this is exactly what I was saying. You know, you hear the brilliance in between the nut job stuff. I guess have a, I have some kind of filter. And I'm like, oh, okay. And even some of the stuff that sounds really nutty, if you listen and you focus, then it it makes sense. 
The problem is, and I noticed it from that episode, a lot of people give up. They, they don't even, they, they have a problem listening to the words. And it's, I think it's because of how he speaks and his presentation that people are taken aback and they can't process what he's saying because he had some really smart things to say about the 13th Amendment, which is not foreign for, for Kanye West. But even as I tried to explain what he was saying, people just, they, their eyes glossed over. It's very odd. And who, who else does that sound like? Trump. <laughs> no, I understand when I saw that. And by the way, I love Jim Brown sitting there. And he's just like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He, and Jim Brown loved all of it. Jim Brown wasn't sitting there. I mean, Jim Brown isn't that animated anymore. But, you know, he was sitting there like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, I got these like, yeah, this guy thinks it's all good. And I did, too. It's like, this is a great moment. Who would have? This is crazy. What's going on? This is the White House. Look at who's talking. Look what the issues they're talking about: slavery, modern day slavery through the Thirteenth Amendment. I I loved it, but I I tell you, Mo, I didn't get a lot of traction with it. It's because you you said the key word. You had to listen. Oh yes, a lot Oops. of people <laughs> want to be fed yeah. in thirty second sound bites or two minute news stories. Oh, and and, and the, if it goes past that, yep. They they lose they eyes gloss over it and you lose them. Not only and that, you know what? But if if you hear how that piece was put together, that news piece, I mean, they literally in between some snippets were saying he's crazy, he's off the wall, what the hell? Blah, blah, blah. So you're you're conditioned, whatever it is, and in particular, black people don't listen to this shit. Don't listen to him. He's crazy. They said he raised racial. Uh, Made racial comments by saying that black all black people vote Democrat. That's a fact. Or a majority. I mean, the over. I mean, how's that? How's that like a, a controversial? Shh, hot don't let anyone know, Mo. Shh, we can't let the cat out of the bag. And that's exactly what it was. Um, and they even had one of our show favorites, Michael Eric Dyson, in there saying yeah. that he was a. A white supremacist ventriloquist, I think he yeah, said. Yeah, the black mouth is moving, but the, it's the white man's hand up his butt making the sounds. Oh, yeah, beautiful. Right. And I hate to do this, but I just want to go back to clip uh, two in the very beginning because that was Michael Eric Dyson. Just listen to the difference in what he said there compared to what he said in the, in the previous clip. George Bush doesn't care about black people. I thought Kanye West was blisteringly brilliant, even as he stumbled toward uh, his self-expression. He was nervous, after all. He's going off script. George Bush does. <laughs> Michael Eric Dyson, loser. You two-faced man. Right. You appreciate his honesty when it benefits what you were trying to push. But you can't be on. And now, now we're getting to the root of this whole conversation we're having as long as you're saying what people want to hear you're brilliant you're this you're that but as soon as you get you have an honest moment and you want to say what you want to say the name calling comes out so what happened after he went to the white house oh can i stop you can i stop you i'm sorry yes when you saw that and i don't know if you saw a news report first or if you saw i mean i saw a news report similar to what we played 
And I immediately mm-hmm. went to find the full length. I was like, I got to see the whole thing in context. This, I, I mean, I'm just trained because that's what I do. What was your reaction when you first heard of this? Not before you d- dove into it, because I know you did. What was your first reaction? Okay, so I know how Kanye West is and how he can be painted. But I was like, wow, that's a look. That's even... That's a fish sticks. Well, uh, <laughs> it's a fish sticks moment, skinny, right? <laughs> right. You, you wear skinny pants because I eat. You eat fish sticks because well, I wear skinny pants, kind of thing. I was like, they are gonna clip this yeah. and paint him to be as they say in the in the clip. But did he you pounded did, the desk? Did you uh, uh, hear anything that you thought was a good message, or did, could, did you was that not even presented the first time you heard it? I, there was nothing in that because I mean when I hear news because I don't watch news it's in the morning time when you're getting dressed and my wife has good morning America or something like that on mm-hmm. that's where I kind of hear the news for the day and whatever comes you know uh whatever pops up like something like this I would go get the full clip to hear the context but what I heard that morning I was like what 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 just happened right. um I was surprised but he said he said a he said a lot of good things in there he said a lot of things that I agreed with before he even said it. Mm-hmm. I was saying these things during the whole 2016 election. I mean, I was one of those people that were like, um, and let me be clear here. If someone doesn't give you the option not to vote, then you don't have an option. Uh, because either somebody's going to try to pull you to one side or the other, you know, um, you should have a third option. I think every American should have that option if they don't feel like uh, the person meets what they want to be uh, up, what they're up to. But I, I dislike Hillary Clinton so much. I was actually campaigning against her. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Actively, because I understand who she is. I understand what role she played. Uh, and a lot of the problems that plague the black community, well, our community. Well, Mo, you know, she knows who you are. You're one of those super predators. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm one of those people that hold her to task because she says her her addressing black problems is uh, having hot sauce in her pocketbook. I mean, so. Fixed. Mm, just that. Yeah. Even then, it's like you're still doing it. You're still doing it, but. As always, they had to send out the boule ah, to we clean go. up <laughs> to clean up what <laughs> what, what the, Ka- mess. the mess Kanye West had made in the Oval Office, uh, and they had to send out their Top Gun Charlemagne. Joining me now, Charlemagne the God, co-host of the syndicated radio show The Breakfast Club, New York Times best-selling writer, author of the upcoming book Shook One. Anxiety is playing tricks on me, which hits bookshelves on October twenty-third. Always enjoy having you, my friend. Yes, what's uh, happening, Craig? Let's start with what the president just said. There has has Ye helped the president with black people? No, the black people are not a monolith. Okay, and Kanye West does not represent all black people, and because I'm black and I don't support Donald Trump in any way, shape, or form. Is he being used by the president? Um, um, I think that if you can't be used, you're useless. So I think that uh, they're, they're both using each other in a way. I just hope that he, I think he's being misused just a little bit because when you use him as a prop and you say that because of him, you have all of this support from the African-American community. That's not necessarily true. Kanye West represents Kanye West. He doesn't represent the whole African-American community. You've interviewed him a number of times. You interviewed him back in May. This is part of what he said about why he supports Trump. When he was running, it's like I felt something. It's like the fact that he won, it's like it proved something. It proved that anything is possible in America. 
that Donald Trump could be president of America. I'm not talking about, you know, what he's done since he's been in office. Yeah, 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 but yeah. the fact that he was able to do it, like, remember when I said I was going to run for president? Yeah. I had people that was close to me, friends of mine, like, making jokes, making memes, talking Now it's like, oh, that was proven that that could have happened. You buy that explanation? Yeah, because that has nothing to do with policy. That, that has to do with ego. If, if I'm Kanye West and I'm a celebrity yeah. and I announced that I wanted to run for president and everybody laughs at me, but then the executive producer of Celebrity Apprentice, who is actually a celebrity, comes and runs, somebody who has zero qualifications, has never held any political office and actually wins, I feel like, damn, I might have missed my moment. I didn't know America was ready to just throw the presidency in the toilet. All right. Charlemagne's nickname now is BJ. <laughs> and that stands for Boulet's janitor. He 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 comes in with the broom, yeah, <laughs> and he and he does a fine cleanup job. And what it does is, it's get back in the box. Don't <laughs> right. th- right. don't think, just vote. Only be activated when it's time to be activated. And as you, if you heard, I rang the bell there because he says, um. You're only used if you're useful, I believe how he put it. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So I mean the truth always wants to come out. I mean you're you're being <laughs> he said used. it right there. He said it right there, yeah. He he said it out his own I mean, he's he does this all the time. I mean, if you go back to the first show we brought him up on about the uh, Illuminati. Right. He was like, Yeah, I, I wanna join the Illuminati if that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. That's and then good. he go on the list exactly what it was. It's like So the truth always wants to come out. Um yeah, and he, and he also made another statement that black people are not a monolith, except when it comes to voting. Yeah, I mean, th- th- but also, it, it but also, some- he, also, I mean, for for him to paint uh, Kanye and Trump that way, whereas Obama had no experience, he was a one-term senator, and he kind of slid into the seat because the guy got rousted out. I mean, Obama didn't really have huge political expertise. Yeah, I mean, they act like uh, that um, Pat Sajak had got uh, elected a president or something. Well, in a I way, mean, like, in a way he did. A, <laughs> it's, it's kind no, of I'm just true. saying, I mean, like, the dude did run a billion dollar, you were saying, I mean, uh, uh, he, he did something. Enterprise. Yeah. I mean, you got to give him his credit where credit is due. But, that, I mean, that's what they do. Oh, he's just a TV host, you know, a TV reality show. Um, so, out of all of this, and it's something I didn't cover in in the clips is when Kanye went to TMZ and you know had a um yeah he had kind had of the semi meltdowns yeah the slavery is a choice thing and it's one of those things where you clip it and you don't take the time and listen to what he's saying yes um it's very it's it's like very useful if you want to um if you want to tear him down I mean he gives you that kind of uh, those kind of sound bites. Uh, so, but out of this, all, all out of all this that happens, Kanye was labeled the C word. Today's video is appropriately titled "Coon." That's right, C O O N exclamation point. My good friend Willie D of the Ghetto Boys recently put out a single called Coon, where he called out various black folk who habitually sell their people out. And the way he defined the coon is this. Willie D said that 
if your criticism of the black community outweighs your contribution of the black community, then you are a coon. Yeah. And as we've learned on the show, I've certainly learned uh, calling a black person, call another black person. Coon is really the lowest of all low. Yes. And coon is a racial racist term. So much so it was used in Forrest Gump as one. If people remember the line, he was like, my, um, he said, the coons are trying to get into school. The one guy says to Forrest Gump. And then he's right. like, well, yeah, my mama just takes a broom and runs the coons <laughs> off the back porch. I mean, so this is a known racist term, but it's, it's in, in this modern day society, uh, black people use it among themselves. And I've noticed this weird phenomenon. I think I've addressed this on the show once, but I'll address it again. How black people that disagree with you will allow other white people to use that term to tear the person down that they don't like. Yeah, this is so the, much this is so, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, so much so that when you went down the Twitter timeline as this was going on real time, you saw a term used Kunye West. Yeah. That's K O O N Y E West. Yep, I remember. And it was used by non-black people. Jeez. And non-black people would like it. And I'm like, what? Where are we at as a as a as a group of people, as a society, as a whole, where we let people off the hook to use terms that we are seeing um, that we find offensive, and we're, that, that we would that we would find offensive because they're in alliance with us on political matters. Yeah, right we're, we're in a bizarre world. Um, but I have a pushback to the usage of coon, and this comes from uh, a popular YouTube a YouTuber named Chronicles of Judah, and he pushes back against the term using the term coon. Who are the real coons? And the reason why I've been compelled to create a series by that name is because of the amount of misdirection, misinformation, disinformation that's constantly being propagated across the internet and social media by the wokety wokes, the pro-blackety blacks, (laughs) the internet revolutionaries as I call them, who love to create as much confusion and chaos as possible by deciding that they're going to try to guilt trip certain demographics or sub-demographics within the so-called black community by making them conform to liberal ideologies through name-calling and an attempt to racially shame them for not being quote-unquote super liberal. What does that mean? What you'll find is that most super liberal Negroes are heavily into politics and activism, two modes of expression that really have not reaped many benefits for so-called black people over the course of the past 50 or 60 years or so. That's one of the first ways that they will try to create a dynamic in which they can call you a quote-unquote coon. If you're not someone who does not vote Democrat, or if you're not someone who's in favor of socialist slash Marxist movements like Black Lives Matter. So is this the replacement for the Uncle Tom or the House Negro? Yes, yes, this is the replacement, and it, and it, and it cuts deeper. It, it really cuts, I mean, because Uncle Tom had became... Uh, benign it didn't really have an effect on people because they overused the term so they had to come up with this new term the coon I, and I, um, I, I love words and i'm very um intrigued what exactly is it about the term coon that is so offensive i mean I, obviously i'm not an idiot but i'm curious 
because you know it's just a word right <laughs> at the end of the yeah, day yeah it's just a word but it, it was it's new in a sense because i mean it's like it's one they dug up out of the uh uh they dug it up out of the and archives repurposed it right out of the archives and repurposed it uh and it took on a whole nother it's like a it's like a super uncle tom uh <laughs> let me let me show you an example yeah um People like Clarence Thomas will be called an Uncle Tom. Uh, because it's like people expect him to be that. I don't think he is. I mean, I don't think he isn't. I'm, I, I don't use these terms towards my own people. What I'm saying is it's not surprising that he takes the political stances that he takes. Okay, so, so, so he's like already sold out because he's in the system. And therefore, right. it's what he is. Yes. true or not and kanye is like is like in this case really a traitor i guess the way it would feel a traitor to your to your people does that make sense that that's i think that's the difference between the two terms okay. that it coom leads leans towards more of you traded you you turned you've um you somehow misled people to what you believe. Oh, I can tell you the quote. Um, it's you've turned your back on the culture. On the culture. That's 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 like code word mm-hmm. for if they don't want to use the derogatory term, they'll use that uh language. Okay. Got you've it. turned your back on the culture and you're gonna hear this. I know this is I'm glad this, you made I'm glad you made that uh uh well, I'm glad you made that point. Well I when I saw the interview that we'll get to uh mm-hmm. I, there, well there's two things two things I noticed that I was gonna ask you about. So the first one is this I uh, this code of the culture. So mm-hmm. I don't hear the interviewer say black people anything I hear him called the culture. Uh, or, you know, it doesn't even say black culture. It's just the mm-hmm. culture or race or whatever you'd like to call it. And the other one, which you don't have to get into, is whenever a tough question comes up, or he's whenever the interview is asking something, it's always, and, and, I, and, I, and this is overall a, an observation. You do it sometimes as well. Apologize. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm, you know, I don't want to diss anybody. I don't want to, you know, I'm not, no, no disrespect to anybody with what I'm saying here, but here's what I want to say. It's, it, it's very obvious in, in this dialogue uh, Kanye has with the interviewer. And the interviewer is, is basically asking him a tough question, but always softens it by saying, hey, man, you know, you're great and you're fantastic, successful, and, you know, and, and, and I don't want to disrespect you about your thoughts about Jesus or anything. But, and then the question comes. Does that make any sense? It makes all the sense in the world. Good. And it's a term I was questioning to use in this show, but it has to be used. Just like the last show we talked about white guilt, for having freedom of thought, you can be made to have black guilt. Thank you for being so open and honest about that, because that was my hunch. Uh but I, I didn't want to push you. So great. I, that's what got it. I have to, I have to be clear and I have to be honest. Um, whenever you break from, and the reason why I say this is our real power as a people comes from being a monolith comes from being, uh, not the monolith and the having the same kind of thought, but having a certain amount of code that we stick to. 
It's a, a basis. I mean, it's similar to being American. I mean, we saw it with the China thing. We may disagree with each other, but like freedom of speech is baked into being an American. Right. And if you don't agree with the freedom of speech, it's kind of like un-American. There's kind of those things inside the black community themselves that they're hard-coded. So it's like you you wouldn't do anything to harm each other. Or you would think that way, but our behavior showed totally not that. But I mean, that's a whole nother show for another thing, another day. But when you're talking to someone, the mind control is so strong. When you become free, you can't jar somebody else with your freedom. Right. And we heard it in the last show on the last uh, clips. Um, uh, from the gentleman that was giving a speech um, that you have to be somewhat apologetic because you are a free thinker and other people are not just not because you're afraid, but it's like for their sake, not your own. Huh. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand. I understand. I it, do. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like when I, I'll give you an example and I don't know if it's true you, or not. But you, know, but you, I, they, you, they, you, you nailed it by saying black guilt. I understand white guilt. You understand white guilt. I totally get it. It it makes so much sense, except you're the first person I've ever spoken to in the universe who said it. That's <laughs> that's what we were talking about before. I mean, <laughs> it's no fit no because. It had to be said because what are we doing here if we can't be honest? Right if we're gonna give, if we're gonna sit here and blow smoke up each other's butts, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are we really doing here? So, yeah, we need to have this honest conversation. And I'm sure when you have certain thoughts, when you're in a liberal environment, you, I'm not saying you do, but I'm, I'll help make assume that you have to couch it a certain of way. Of course, that way it lands. of course, of course, and it's and it's, it's all the same it's, exact thing. Yes, and that's what I love about it. That's why that's fantastic. I yes, well, of course, we well have now that. Com- compound that with the fact that you could be ostracized from your group as a whole. Yeah. Now right. that's the difference, and in other societies, you have um, a variety of thought. Uh, th- um, thought groups, think groups, where if you're conservative or liberal, you're saying there's a group to fall in. Here, the fact that we vote majority in one way and we have a liberal ideology as the previous clip laid out, it, it becomes a lonely existence uh, if you say certain things. Now, you can feel them, but you can't say them. That's that's where we're at with Kanye. And let's get into clip number 13. He speaks on this. Mental health, you know, having a nervous breakdown, going to the hospital and and having the stigma of being called crazy. Actually, it didn't it didn't make my uh, it made me more relatable. It made it a wider idea. Everyone is dealing with health in some way. Like, um, me uh, being taken to my lowest, you, you know what I'm saying, being called a coon by my own people. The guy that said George Bush don't care about black people is a coon because I didn't say I'm going to vote on Hillary Clinton. Right. Right. And that actually made me more relatable you can't imagine when I go through middle America, like, let me tell you, it's like, 
I was driving fast. I was looking at a property. This is like 4,000 acres we were going to buy out here. And I'm trying to drive fast to the freeway. And I hit a red light. And the guy said, now, how you going? Where you got to go so fast that you got to drive this and cut me up? What, Kanye? Oh, thank you for what you're doing for our country. Thank you so much. Like, you have no idea. You be out here in L.A. and New York, and they have you all jacked up on Mountain Dew. They be have you thinking that, like, <laughs> this reality is not is is. It's not real, people. <laughs> well, he's speaking my language there, of course. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm talking about. He felt isolated, yeah, because he made a conscious decision based in facts. Everything I've laid out in all these episodes have I've supported with facts of how the people that feel like we owe them our and that's a weird phenomenon itself that someone feels like you owe them your political support or vote have been detrimental to the to those same exact people mm-hmm. and when you say that it's like it's it is my it, I, I i use this term almost too much but it is mind control mm-hmm. and when you break free from it you feel guilty, one, because you can't get other people to wake up. And I'm not, like I said, I don't try to get, convince anybody to vote anyway. I just want to, them to realize you have three options. Maybe four. Because you can be the person that runs. If you feel like, you know, if the two choices that you have is not for you, then you could choose a third option of not participating. Or fourth, be the person that, you know saying, get yourself in the race. Right. Um... But when you say that, it's like, but the boogeyman, he's going to get us. <laughs> and, and, and that's why I was saying it's a weird place now because you see a Michelle Obama hugging the boogeyman. Right. And it's and it's cool now. You see a Ellen sitting beside the boogeyman at a Cowboys racist and a quote unquote. Well, I'm saying I'm being facetious when I say this. You see Ellen sitting beside the boogeyman at a racist NFL game. Not just that. He's a war criminal. War criminal, but I'm just saying, <laughs> if you let him tell it, the NFL and all his owners were racist. Right. Shit, right. And you had right, and you have a Ellen sitting beside a war criminal, um, uh, the precursor to Trump, uh, the Antichrist was even called. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, but these people throw these things out here and then they act like they forgot they said them. These things have real life uh impacts and implications as we've seen with that poor lady ordering the black guilt the uh the white guilt box right yeah we, we, <laughs> with all the the kit the yeah right the, the, kit, the white, the guilt, white kit. guilt kit <laughs> from the last show <laughs> because she was mind control yeah and she didn't even interact with black people so i mean it's that's why i'm having this show because it's not more about celebrity or whatever we got to see in real time a black person have a paradigm shift in their political views and in their own empowerment. And we've seen the reaction of, of the mainstream media and people that so-called loved them before turn on them. Uh, and it's just weird, but let's get into uh, Kanye Kuhn 2.1. I told him, I said, look, my... My father's a Black Panther. My mother got arrested for the sit-ins at age six. 
They were fighting for us to have the right to our opinion, not the right to vote for whoever the white liberals said black people are supposed to vote for. You get what I'm saying? Then James Corden went in and said, well, this president, you're Christian, and this president, I don't see anything Christian about him. I said, okay, so last year y'all tried to tell me who I'm supposed to vote for because I'm black. Now this year, white liberals trying to tell me who I'm supposed to vote for because I'm Christian. That would be like, I live in Calabasas, so everyone in my car has got to be a convertible, huh? Right. <laughs> it's just all based on y'all vision of what I'm supposed to do. And I understand, like, a lot of people, it's not a matter of whether you like it or who like it. We are in a country where we're allowed to like whatever we like. Core message of America right there. Except for us. <laughs> well... Yeah, no, I mean, I, we 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 do, but it comes at a price. It really comes at a price. But you know what? I'll say this: with that number falling, the voter turnout number falling, with um, when you go on places like YouTube and certain pockets of social media, or when you talk to people, um, in one-on-one situations, it's falling apart at the seams. Well. You know, with no agenda show, when Trump first announced, the mere fact that I said, oh, he can do it. He can go all the way. This guy could win. My co-host disagreed. But that very fact got me on lists. You know, so the minute you, and you just have to keep it in the current context, the minute you say, oh, I'm thinking a little different, and you go against the grain, which is what I typically do, this time it was pretty severe. I and mean, we lost uh, a double-digit percentage of our audience because we just wouldn't, that's not what we do, wouldn't, wouldn't blatantly come out and say, oh, Trump's crazy, racist, nut job. No, we deconstruct him just like Kanye. It's like, okay, you know, here's what I think he's saying, here's what he's doing. But it was severe. And it was, it was your fault. Of course. I'm an idiot. It was how your fault. I, and now you this? see why Kanye didn't come out until after the election. Yeah. Because he really came out before. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he had no control over the outcome of the election because he never really said anything. And he got um, killed or can't, uh, attempted to be canceled this way. So just imagine if he came out do a pre the election. That's so interesting. But, that is your name. Thank you for that. Because if I had not done that, because once I predicted Trump would win a year out, you know, the, the more the, the more popular he got, the more I was like, see, see, you know, and so it just I guess it sounded like a cheerleader, even though I was just happy about a stupid prediction. <laughs> it came became your fault. Yeah, it became your fault. You and you know what? And people can believe this or not. I told people Donald Trump would win before I even knew he was running because wow. I told my, me and my dad was talking and we talked, we used to talk politics, but we can't anymore <laughs> um, <laughs> for, for a whole, for a whole other reasons. reasons. Yeah. Because we used to end up in an argument every time we would get off the phone. But I told him, I said, dad, I said, one thing is going to have to happen. I said, it's going to have to be a celebrity that wins after Obama. Right on. I, I told him this, and I was like, the only person that looks like, you know what I'm saying, that has a big enough celebrity is this guy Trump. And he laughed <laughs> so hard. I mean, like, and I was like, no, seri- uh, seriously, Dad. I was like, uh, and then when it happened, oh, it became my fault. 
<laughs> you put that shit out there. You put that right. in the universe. Nice. It's kind of like it's kind of like when your team is winning and then you like <laughs> call somebody like, "Yeah, we're winning," and then they lose. It's your fault because yeah, you should. You, know, you have it. no yeah. effect on the game, right? Yeah, exactly. You have no effect on the game, but it's your fault, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this is this is the world we live in, and I wanted to to do the show for this exact reason. It's very hard to be honest in this country uh, because it goes back to it's a it's a bastard form of what we talked about in the last show. Remember, I said in the car it says don't ask for anything because you remember you were saying when your oh, friend yeah, came don't, over. Don't don't um, don't embarrass us. Don't ask anything. Right. Yeah. Some bad things I had in that conversation too. It's like we have to, you know, what I'm saying uh, you have to vote Democrat. You know, uh, the Republicans are bad, right? Uh, this, you know, what I'm saying that 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 are some of the other things that come along with. Um, it's kind of like the talk. We need to call it the, the talk. The talk is not only about police. It's a whole uh, the talk about what the culture expects from you. So I just wanted to say that, but we can get to three point three now. Another thing is like this idea of like apologizing. We'll apologize for saying George Bush don't care. Apologize for running on stage with Ted Swift. Apologize for wearing the wrong color hat. I ain't apologizing nothing. Y'all dealing with grandpa now. I done been through too much. I'm the, I'm the founder of a three billion dollar company. You think I'm finna listen to somebody online tell me who I'm supposed to apologize for? Do you do you feel like and, 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 and since you did get there, do you feel any of the pressures when people say Kanye did let him down? When we think about George Bush don't care about black people, that's when everybody was like, oh, Kanye. And then when we look at Kanye now, I mean, if we if we agree or not agree with you, just when we when you say the wrong color hat. Yeah. Think about this for a hat. This is one of my main things. It's like, what is the culture? It's like, man, this ain't for the culture. We're doing something for the culture. We are orphans, bro. We are cultureless. We don't have our own culture. We signed two culture vultures. We signed our life away. Our contracts are culture vultures. Think about everything that's cultural. Taking a knee is cultural. Being on social media is cultural. Wearing high fashion is cultural. Pushing a foreign is cultural. All these things are not owned by our culture. So who designed the culture? What does it mean to do it for the culture? That's why I do it for Christ. Yeah, that is probably one of my favorite bits from the interview. Yeah, you do it, do it for the culture. Yeah, um, he's saying we don't have a culture. We drive foreign cars. You know, it's like it's we didn't create the culture. And we and 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 I do disagree with Kanye at a point. We did have a culture. Up until the no man in the house. Right. We were but I say like this, we're a, we're a budding culture because, you know, you have slavery in the slavery. And from that point up until late, maybe 1940s, 1950s, we were finding our way. You know, there were still outside influences as we've illustrated in this show at uh, at our higher levels of uh, education uh, the talented 10 groups like the Boule coming in and trying to manipulate us to what to think, how to think. Uh, but we were finding our way because culture, I, I believe, is birthed out of family. Sure. Uh, and 
in those families, you have um, uh, the leadership of the man for most part. And then those men agree on what they, their common goals will be. I think this is how cu- culture and nations are formed because it's like, you know, this is what I think, you know, we sit out, you sit around and you have a cop. And when I say men, I mean, I'm just saying it. Uh, I, I'm not going to, you know, um, I almost did it again. But, Stop um, apologizing, Mo. <laughs> yeah, I, w- because because I know how, th- and we're gonna get to why that happens. We're gonna we, I have it in the show why this happens. But um, yeah, you you have a culture because the men agree upon this is what we want for our children, and in that agreement, the man and the woman had to have some agreement. So the man is only the representation of the agreement between the man and the woman. Right. Uh, I, this, it's not a male dominated thing. I just want to say that. But yeah, and then that's how the cult. But then the culture was totally ruined because when you have you look at no man in the house, you go from there. You go to um the the first opioid ep- epidemic in America uh, and the Vietnam War yep. helped destroy you know what I'm saying black people uh the communities. Then you have the crack epidemic. Then you have mass incarceration. These things now we're in and and the prolifer- uh, proliferation of single parent households. The culture is totally destroyed. To the point where it does, it appears it it doesn't exist. Uh, and now, as we heard, now we've seen now that they are even trying to eradicate us through certain measures. Very depressing when you think about it. When I verbalize <laughs> you, it, but. you completely, uh, yeah, you shut me up for a second. And I, I'm just going <laughs> to say, Plan B, Planned Parenthood, all that stuff. I think was a direct target as well. Yes. Uh, so I think we stopped at uh, three. Was it three point one? Yeah, it was three. We're, we're ready for four. Uh, let's go to four point one. Kobe Bryant won five championships. He sprained all kind of muscles all through his body, tore ligaments, and for people to go to Kanye West, where I'm playing in the highest level of mental sport, I had Mark Zuckerberg wanting to meet with me. You know what I'm saying? I had people come to want to meet with me that are makers of the world at this point. So I'm playing at this mental sport as a black man, post-Pac, post-Biggie, Puff Daddy, Jay-Z, in debt, completely controlled. The management knows how much exactly you're making on your tour, and it's just $2 less than what your house costs. (laughs) And I'm ending up in debt every year. And then I have a breakdown. I should have a hospital in the back of our room for what I'm dealing with. Don't don't NBA players got like knees iced every time? I need to just like leave every day, just go right to UCLA for the level of game and sport that I'm working at. But we don't make Kobe's legacy be about one torn ligament, and my legacy ain't about oh he got mid twelve. That just come with the level of sport I'm playing at. What you talking about? People's trying to sun me left and right. You know, for the level of protectionist talk that mental illness gets in our country. Kanye should be lifted up uh, uh, on a throne for what he said here. This was a great analogy. A great analogy. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, I use my brain all day, and sometimes it gets twisted, and you know, I get an injury, and uh, all right, I got to go take care of that. I loved that. When you step out of line, there is no protection. That's the sad thing about it. I mean, he... He should be protected because he, he I, I think in, in my heart of hearts, I think he wants the best for, for black people. Uh, I, sure. I think I would say this, 
he wants the best for Kanye West first, but I mean, who, I mean, hey, that's him. I think he's an ego-driven person, but at that level, you have to be ego-driven uh, to to be that successful. But I don't think he means harm to our people. But he gets no protection. Zero. He brings up uh, he brings up mental health, which mental health, like you said, is a is a is a buzzword. A protected uh, class, my friend. Protected, yeah, protected class. class. But the messenger. I mean, how many times do we call Trump crazy? Right. How, how many times they say he has um has Alzheimer's as a joke? Well, there's there's entire psychologists who have written papers and uh, they've analyzed him from afar, going against the so-called Goldwater rule. You know, all of this stuff. No, no, he's nuts. But they say it as a joke. It's like as a, as, as a slight, and they do the same thing with Kanye. We're going back to this parallel again. Is right. that if we don't like you? then the rules or the parameters that we have set aside don't benefit you. And if, and, and look, and if that comes down on high from the elite, what is that? You see what, you see what I'm saying? Yes. Now, yeah, now yeah. we're starting yep. to see, <laughs> now we're starting uh-huh. to see where the rubber meets the road at. That's right. Who's really the, who's really the ventriloquist for white supremacy? Thank let, you. Let me just, I'm, let me just be honest here. They accuse him of that, but when you can berate a person because, like I said, of their mental health or their political views and ostracize them, what are we doing here as the, as the mass media? Uh, but let's get into 4.2. I've been canceled. Right. I've been canceled before they had cancel culture. <laughs> I was canceled before they had the term. Do you care about any of that? I do. I care about everything. Mm-hmm. Does it does it not rub you the wrong way, but does it get to your core when when people do it feel like rub me the right way? This definitely right. ain't Johnny Gill. What do, you, <laughs> what do you say to people that say you turn you turned your back on the culture or exactly one hundred percent? I have turned my back on the idea of victimization mentality. We are locked up. We went from one and four. We went from one and four to one and three, but we always pointing. At the white people, but yet we want to spend all of our money on foreigns. We want to spend all our money on luxury as opposed to going and buying some land. America is for sale. And there's a lot of barren land. Disney bought a lot of it in Florida. But the culture has you focused so much on fucking somebody, bitch, and pulling up in a foreign and rapping about things that could get you locked up and then saying you about prison reform. Mm. Like, it's, bro, we brainwashed out here, bro. Come on, man. This is a free man talking. Democrats had us voting Democrats for food stamps for years, bro. What are you talking about? Guns in the 80s, taking the fathers out the home, plan B, lowering our votes, making us abort our children. Gosh, and that kill. I can't tell y'all how to feel, but what I can tell you honestly is how I feel. Yeah, there you go. Unpack it. That's a black, that's a free man talking. That's exactly what it was. And I, I, I like what he says. We're, we're brainwashed up here. <laughs> it's like, yes. And, and we are. And let me make this clear. Let me be clear who, uh, for people that don't know who's interviewing him. This is Big Boy uh, interviewing him. And he is a popular um, uh, DJ uh, in California. Um, 
he is currently at 92.3, which is a huge uh, radio station, urban radio station. Urban, or quote unquote, means black for those that don't know. Um, <laughs> that, that's the white radio uh, guy's term, yes. <laughs> right, right. For, for owned by our heart media. Yes. So these radio stations pump poison, poison into the, our communities from the earliest hours of the morning. And the reason why I make this distinction is I grew up on hip hop, but when I was 13, 14 years old, that's when, you know, hip hop really like blew up and you're saying like, uh, to the point it made it on the radio. You couldn't hear hip hop until the afternoon. There were certain times that they played hip hop. And then even then, uh, they only had certain radio friendly songs and even more so, those were edited out. Any language that was considered to be offensive was edited out. Right. Now, I, when I drive to work, I can see it. Small children in their car seats, um, parents knocking loud, you know what I'm saying, uh, deleterious music early in the morning. And you wonder where the mind control comes from. You know, I... um. I saw and was an active participant in uh, ushering in hip-hop at MTV, which started with Yo! MTV Raps, which was really innocuous because, you know, I, I mean, I grew up with, you know, hip-hop, the hip to the hip, hip-hop-y, you don't stop, a rock until you bang, bang, boogie, up, jump the boogie, and that's that was hip-hop in my day. Then mm-hmm. we got Dre and Ed Lover, and they came in, and it was still pretty tame. I'm weird, like, like Cool Mo D, you know. Let, 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 can I step? Can I Please. say something? It wasn't pretty tame. It was actually positive. <laughs> yes. No, no, I mean, actually, po- I'm, and this was the hook with hip hop. Because when hip hop first came in, you had groups like uh, Public Enemy mm-hmm. and, and Chaos One, and they actually was teaching something that you could take away from it and actually benefit your life. You had Fight the Power and think, you were saying, yes. And it was, yes. It was fueling a whole resurgence of the culture of the cult, and this is where culture comes in it of the culture, and it was co-opted. Now you could you, you could continue, but I just wanted to highlight that point. Well, yes, and the co. I mean, there's. I think MTV had a lot to do with it, and I think you know there's always there's there's a there's even a story out on the internet somewhere. I've, I've saved it. I can't remember where, of course, and it, you know it talked about. Ah, I was a part of you know the music executives. They all got together one shady night, and they all decided mm-hmm. we got to put. Some, I'm sure you've heard the story. I've uh, heard the story, and we got to you know start uh, mind controlling the the black youth, or screw it, all youth with uh, with these rap lyrics. And here's what we're gonna do, and you know, and and subsequently things. I don't know if I can pinpoint where it changed from. Uh, I'll even, tell you exactly. What, I can. I can. Well, so I'll, I can tell you exactly. I'll, all right, hold on. I'll finish my sentence. So as you okay. said, it went from very positive, which could be angry. You know, fuck the police. Mm-hmm. It could be angry, but it, it had a different message than, you know, than as Kanye saying, what, what's hip hop here today? And uh, also around that time, uh, I left MTV and went on my merry way and tuned out. You know, I, I went to classical music. I couldn't listen to the hits anymore. So I kind of missed that transition so I'd love to hear what that what that turning point was that you that you heard. Okay, so the role of a hip hop artist 
early on was a journalist. Yes. You're recording what happens black, in your community. Black CNN is what I called it. Right. It was if it was positive, it was negative. It was just I'm reporting what the news is. Uh, but then you have what they call quote unquote conscious artists, like I said, like Public Enemy, and those groups that were talking about how we uh, what was going on and how we could change things. Where it changed that, and and nobody noticed this. Notice notices this was NWA. So that was it. Yeah, that was it. And That's you know what? what? And and the weird thing is, and that your people can call people can call me a conspiracy theorist on this. No need for the theorem yet, but we're gonna get there. <laughs> but um, George Bush Senior used to live in Compton. Compton and now is a hotbed and always has been a hotbed for little old Compton, California, for as a hip hop epicenter. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? Uh, Freeway Ricky Ross comes out of that area. Right. The drug, the Compton was where they, the, the supposed, uh, the, um, uh, I want to say George Webb, um, but it might not be right. Um, I know his last name is Webb, uh, documented it. Oh, the guy, that, the, the guy who, uh, committed suicide, two shots to the head, gun in the yeah, left hand. Yeah, the head. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He documented that CIA members came in and taught them how to cook, cook crack and little old Compton. Gary Webb. Yeah, Gary Webb, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I find this weird that the first billionaire and this most celebrated hip-hop group in hip-hop history comes out of little old Compton, uh, one being Dr. Dre. Another Hollywood big-time mogul, Ice Cube, NWA. How does that happen? Right, so you're, you're, you're looking at quid pro quo. Yeah, I'm looking. That's exactly what I'm looking mm-hmm. at. And then the other thing is, if you can go Google it yourself, or anybody else wants to play at home, play along at home. Why was at the same time NWA was supposed to be investigated by the FBI? Um, uh, Easy E. Eric Wright was being invited to the White House. Yeah, by President on Reagan or George Bush is one of the two. So, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it it makes nothing but sense, man. If if you look at it that cynically, which I which I can do easily, starting with the with the crack cocaine epidemic, which was truly truly one of the worst things our government has done, um, you know, in order to keep a, a gambit going on with Iran Contra and to keep funding, you know, the Sandinistas. Like, well, we got all this this cocaine. What do we do with it, boss? Uh, I know. Let's turn it into rock and sell it to those black people. I mean, that's how shitty it was. They had to get it. They had to unload it because they couldn't sell it fast enough because they needed the money for their covert operations. And that's how they decided to turn it into rock. I mean, it's the it's 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 disgusting. And I don't want to go too far off the path, but so much so. And I know I said a lot, but I'm gonna stop saying it. But to the point where. Hip hop videos actually were instructional, and hip hop movies were instructionals on how to start a crack enterprise. <laughs> from the point of cooking it up, wow. no, this is um, this is real. This is real stuff here. Mm. Um, the, there's a there's a sequence in the movie Minutes to Society that shows you how to cook up crack cocaine. There's a move. There's a there's a sequence in this movie, hip hop movie Belly, that shows you how to set up a crack. Um, Crack enterprise in an out of out of town um, location. 
Right. So if you want to be a crack dealer and and the number one hip hop artist of all time, supposedly by the mainstream media and gets invited to the White House, Mr. Jay-Z was what? One of the most well-known, by his words, well-known and well-highlighted uh, crack dealers there is. Yes. But yeah. then when, when Hillary Clinton invites him and... I'm about to get on a tangent here. I'm trying not. I'm trying to suppress it. You go Woo-sai. with it. Go with it. Don't, don't suppress it. <laughs> no, because it, it, I'm about to get agitated here. The very person that she was calling calling a super predator, Jay-Z, at the time she says that, she brings her, him on stage right. to, to campaign for her in 2016. How, how nasty is that? Yeah, uh, on, from both Hillary and uh, uh, Jay Z, both. Yeah, and then then Kanye's the bad guy because he's saying "think for yourself." Well, you know <laughs> what? I think we need to call Jay Z out as a coon, my friend. This is not good. What he's been doing. Well, if you go by the definition of it, if you uh, what they say, if you've caused more uh, criticism of your people than you have benefit, right, that's, right, the that's the definition. I'm just saying. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't make the definition, and I, what I'm saying, is we need to have that standard towards a lot of people, and we'll start. You know, saying getting rid of. I, so I say this all the time. A lot of them got to go. For a future show, Mo, we definitely have to do the deconstruction of hip hop. I mean, I'd I'd love to do that with you because you just I'd like there's like a million things going through my head. We've got to move forward with Kanye, but uh, oh yeah, I'm I'm sorry, but I, I lived this. I, <laughs> I mean, I, can, people I can't BS you. me because I lived. I'm sorry. We see how Kanye comes under attack for being a free thinker and and being a free man, uh, but not only from the bl- black community, other community, other communities as well. And when I sat there. Seven years in, six years in to the Obama administration, when I was sitting at the, at the Met Balls, when I was sitting in front of white people and they thought, I, I wouldn't thought you were like Trump because of the racism. So you mean to tell me I make every decision based off my color. The most racist thing a person could tell me is that I'm supposed to choose something based on my race. If that was the case, I wouldn't have never wore a pink polo. <laughs> I wouldn't have never wear skinny jeans. Everywhere I go, people pants smaller than mine. And I'm the one who, you eat fish sticks because I have skinny jeans on. I'm the guy who said, stop gay bashing, right? I took that L. Consequence took that L. He had to go to Queens the next day. He took, you know what I'm saying? Like, hip-hop was dropping F-bombs, and I said, stop. You can play the footage. I said, stop it. As soon as I said, close on Sunday, just like Chick-fil-A, there was LGBTQ articles saying they need to boycott my company. I said, George Bush don't care about black people. As soon as I wore a red hat, I'm a coon. (laughs) You can't do enough for nobody out here. So how about I stop? Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's so it. even the LGBT community came after him. Uh just because he said close in one of his lyrics in the new in the new album. Yep. He said close on Sunday like Chick-fil-A. Even mentioning the words Chick-fil-A. Yeah, um, makes you transphobic or something. Right. Makes him yeah, makes him homophobic, which they didn't play the footage, but we will. Uh Kanye takes on homophobia. Everybody in high school, be like, yo, you acting like a fag. You acting like, dog, you gay? And I used to deal with that when I was in high school. And what happened is it, um, 
it made me kind of like homophobic because it's like I would like go back and like question myself like damn why is everybody else walk like this and I walk like this so why is then you start just looking because you don't realize until you're in high school people like yo fam look at you look at how you act if you see something and you don't want to be that because it's such a negative connotation towards it you try to separate yourself from it so much that it made me homophobic Mm-hmm. By the time I was through a high school, like anybody that was gay, I was like, yo, get away from me. And really, like Tupac said, started hanging with the thugs. And you look up, and all my friends were like really thugged out. And it's kind of like I was racing to try, try to find that constant masculine role model right there to the point where it's like I would really discriminate. Like, I use the word fag, 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 like always condescending uh, towards gays and, and, look, and look down upon gays. And I remember my cousin told me that another one of my cousins was gay. And at that point, it's kind of when the turning point where I was like, yo, yo, this is my cousin. I, I, I love him. Like, I've been discriminating against gays it's like, do I discriminate against my cousin? And then everything starts to click. You know, he brings his partner with him to like Thanksgiving and all that. Um, and you just had to sit back and think like, damn, you know, hip hop really is about. Um, it seemed like it's about like fighting for your rights in the beginning, about speaking your mind and about breaking down barriers or whatever. But everybody in hip hop discriminates against gay people. Uh, I haven't listened to enough to corroborate that, but I'm sure it's true. It, it's, it was a sense of, um, I could, I could, I can, uh, yeah. Uh, it just the word, I mean, even if they didn't mean it in the technical word of, of the word gay, it was, it was a slur. Uh, like, man, you acting gay or you know I mean? Like sure. it was, I mean, I, I will, I will val- uh, validate that claim. And, you know what? Hip hop tried to cancel Kanye for saying this back in 2005. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> wow. The yeah. guy can't. I mean, he can't win. And I'm, like I said, I'm not being apologetic because I, I mean, I have some criticisms for him as well. But, um, yeah. So you brought up the point of me and other people couching statements or filtering, self filtering. Yes. Uh, there is a reason for that. And Mr. W.E.B. Du Bois, we brought him up in the show. And I have been critical of him on this show, but he had did he also did some great writing before I, I believe that he was co-opted by the NAACP. Um, maybe unknowingly, maybe knowingly, who knows? But he made some great um uh, points in his book, The Souls of Black Folks, of the thing called the double consciousness. Uh, and we can cover that in 19. Welcome to the Macat Multimedia Series, a Macat analysis of W.E.B. Du Bois's The Souls of Black Folk. How does racism affect identity? W.E.B. Du Bois wrote The Souls of Black Folk in 1903. The book exposed the material causes of racism at the time and explained the effects that racism has on black identity. 
Du Bois wanted to show his readers the strange meaning of being black. He believed, at the dawn of the 20th century, that the laws and the society that had prevented blacks from achieving equality in a post-slavery era would continue to pose a problem for black identity. He argued that as a result of this, blacks and whites in the United States were separated by a color line. Du Bois's book pioneered a related concept. He believed that the color line did more than deny blacks fair access to jobs, education, and opportunity. It actually weighed so heavily on their souls that it prevented them from achieving their potential as human beings. He used the term the veil to describe the way in which racism made it hard for whites to see blacks as true Americans and for blacks to see themselves in anything other than the way they were portrayed by whites. Finally, Du Bois wrote of the double consciousness produced by wearing a veil, the split identity that blacks feel as they attempt to be both American and African in a white society where one identity is less equal than the other. The veil, okay. Yeah, so that's internally baked into us and to it's a process of breaking free from that. Uh We've seen Kanye successfully do that in certain ways, but still, even he does it. It's 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 a weird phenomenon. Because I will say this: I don't think black existed before America. And why I say before people get their panties that much, what I mean by that is, back in Africa, you was known by your tribe, right? Uh, that's just like back in Europe, you were known by your country or, you know, uh, when you got here, then we get the, the, the binary thing of black and white. So what, what is black? Is it how I feel or is it how society sees me? I mean, it's this constant calculation going on in the brain of balancing the two. And you only get free when you stop thinking in the terms of both. And that's when Kaya said, this is a free man talking. I understood right. exactly what he was saying. Huh. Which had a different meaning for me, but I completely, I completely understand it. Because, you know, free man talking, obviously, free man is a throwback to slavery. Yeah. But also, I'm free in my, well, I feel like that. Free in my mind, free to say what I want, free to feel how I want. Um, but there's very few of us are free. Very few of us are oh, yeah. free. It's it's incomprehensible for me, um, to under to feel what it feels like to have that veil. Well, you you you're starting to feel it, and like I said, I'm not caping for you. You're starting to feel it. Yeah, because now you have to think of, am I a white male, or you know how how is this gonna land? Is that, a, is that a fair assessment because of, of how that term is being, stigma, um, is being stigmatized and stereotyped now? Oh, yeah. White male being the evil of all things in the universe and the patriarchy. Right. So now you're starting to see I can't say that because I'll be perceived as a white male. I was, I mean, that's a hypothesis or calculation I, I made, but I would assume so. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. That's <laughs> not, no, that's not it. Should I tell you something with this show? Uh-huh. In the beginning when we first started and I got comments on it, I was um 
mm, worried is not the right word. I was anticipating a lot of criticism. Um, you know, very similar to uh, what we're talking about here with Kanye is oh okay now you're sucking up, now you're sucking up to the to the black guy <laughs> someone tweeted something early on i forgot what it was but it was like oh now you get to eat grits with him yeah some shit like that and right now you woke <laughs> well <laughs> yeah but it it was you know it was that i'm like well or uh, here's something else when you and i are talking i certainly have a filter in place don't talk black adam because it's easy you know it's easy to to get into yo bro what's happening you know and i don't talk like that normally but that's just it, it's normal conversation you know you flow but, at, you and i well, is that a normal phenomenon because when tina turner went to uh, um went to english she came back with an english accent so i mean like i'm i'm tina turner anime <laughs> bullock i mean tina turner now, you, you, let's be honest here so i i don't know if that's yeah, that has, or, of course. Or, Madonna or, had the same or, thing. She lived in England. All of a sudden, Madonna. Yeah, she had the same thing. So that's assimilation, and I, I'm very chameleon-esque like that. I, I assimilate fine. in very quickly. But in my mind, when you and I are talking, I, I do make a subconscious effort to just be me and not get sucked in because I know I will be criticized for that. Mm-hmm. Now, imagining being like that 24-7. Fuck that noise. <laughs> W.E.B. Du Bois Part 2 <laughs> We can understand double consciousness better if we compare it to a work-life balance scenario Meet Sasha She has two identities She is both a full-time single mother and a full-time company executive Both roles are part of Sasha's reality but they often overlap and create anguish in her daily life When her son is sick from school she leaves work to take care of him when work is busy, she misses events like her son's school concert. The contradiction of double aims leaves her feeling unfulfilled and her potential unrealized. Realizing this, her boss offers her flexible working hours so she is able to fulfill her role in the company and her role as a mother without the two conflicting. This solution, emerging of a conflicted double self into a better and truer self that is free of contradiction, was something that Du Bois hoped for. He talked of lifting the veil, a metaphor for white society recognizing the equality of African American people. Du Bois became a central figure in shaping the movements that ended American segregation and colonialism in Africa and Asia. He is regarded as a great figure of history. A more detailed analysis of his ideas can be found in the McCat analysis. Hmm. So, so there, you, there you have it. Uh, but when you lift the veil, it comes at a price. Always. When you, when you become free, it comes at a price. Uh, but people like myself and others are willing to pay that price now. It just like there is no boogeyman. Uh, uh, there's no boogeyman. There's no canceling either. We're slowly starting to realize that you can't cancel me. Uh, and I think Kanye has pioneered that to the point of you can't be canceled and you can't be silenced. And we see that in the next clip. Y'all got to think, man, black people are like the housekeepers of America. Think about how your housekeeper, you know what I'm saying? They got a certain volume. They supposed to talk in the house. We got a certain volume. We supposed to talk in America. 
So what do you think if a housekeeper is screaming in my house? What do you think the other housekeeper gonna tell them? Be quiet. Be quiet, yay. Mm-hmm. Be quiet, yay. Mm-hmm. Don't disrupt the house. Don't disrupt America, yay. We orphans out here, but don't disrupt. There is. But what if what if some people feel like you signed it with the slave master too? If, if we're in the house and it's the Trump household, yep. it's like just like shit. You signed it with. With, with the slave master. If we're, if we're both in the house and I see you rolling through wearing the red hat, I'm like, man, he just like this dude over here. And, and am I speaking that? Maybe. Are others speaking that? Maybe. But I'm saying, how do, how do we separate that? Ooh. If we're both in the house, we like, man, you know. I ra- I'd rather deal with somebody who called me an N-word to my face than a person that signed me for a lifetime deal on a 255 page of my contract. I got you. <laughs> I got you. I'd rather know what I'm dealing with. That's why when I walk in with any, I don't keep nothing on my chest. I'd be like, this is what I'm dealing with, but I'm here. This is, I'm, this is what I'm dealing with. It has been institutionalized slave mastery and slavery. Our mentality is only one of the two. Now we need to find freedom. Yeah, that was good. It's two sides of the coin. So the, he, he, he gave you two options. And a, a lot of black people have to realize this. We only have two options. Are you going to be a slave? Are you going to be free? That's the only two options you have. But a lot of times, l- liberal ideology wants us to be coddled. So you can't say that to them. You'll, you know, <clears throat> like go back to the kid. Uh, give, give your, uh, give that black lady a higher tip. Yeah. <laughs> And wear this Wait, safety what? pin. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's not, like I said, it's not even for the benefit of us. It's for the benefit of whatever they're dealing with. Right. Um, but they use us as the excuse for wanting to feel that way. But also, and it's just, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, also, um, big boy there, he, he basically rewound all progress and everything back to me in 1969 with uh, my parents and the kids who showed up so like hey, don't don't disrupt don't do anything be quiet i mean that's basically what he's saying it's like nothing has changed yeah yeah like i said be quiet yay i mean so but i think that the fractures are so deep now that people are starting to wake up. Uh, and you'll see, you'll hear more about this in the next clip. If you talk about politics, then you are not in service to Christ. But to mute an African American's voice at this level is a form of slavery. And being a slave to the system and to people's perceptions. And the reality of what people have chosen for our culture, since we are orphans, is not in service to God. And in the Bible, there's many topics of slavery. And we are African-Americans and we are still dealing with modern day slavery. We still have record contracts, publishing deals, touring deals, management deals, radio deals. That we not the owners. Until we really own our own community, really make Wakanda for real, 
This is going to take more than the Jesus chain. Right. Well, we got to make Wakanda probably with us, too, though. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Man, I've been waiting. <laughs> yeah. So, so he's saying you have we have to you have to build your own to be in control of it, and it, until we have that, um, <laughs> at the end of the day, and I already heard <laughs> you heard that term. That's all right. Who si who signs off on all this negativity that comes through hip hop? Oh, the the record label publishers—they're the ones that sign off on it, put it out, distribute it, make money. So either we have to start two things you could do. Stop supplying them with that um, or become the owners of the record labels where you can say, no, I won't. I won't condone this. I won't condone this. The The thing is, is it's kind of like you heard of a food desert, right? Yep. There's an entertainment desert to where if you only want to see if you want to see something that reflects you. There's only one brand. There's only junk. There's only mental junk food. So that's the only option you leave me with is like either I can watch shows that don't of people that don't look like me, that have great stories, that have great, um, great writing, or I can watch bullcrap. Yeah, right now, one of the um, I, I think someone who has been doing this all his professional career is having a tough time, there's a big lawsuit, is Byron Allen. Byron mm -hmm. Allen is an owner, and he is a television mogul. Now, granted, it's smaller uh, channels that he's got, but they're all black-oriented, and mm -hmm. uh, and he's having a hard time. I think uh, there's a lawsuit between him and Comcast. Yes, it is. Because uh, Comcast won't carry his uh, his programming. That to me is is I mean that just shows you that this guy Byron Allen's been he's been trying to or has been building his empire for decades and he's still coming up against these you know these roadblocks and getting I find getting very little support I mean obviously you're not going to hear much about it in the in the mainstream for obvious reasons the guy's competition but I I hear very little support. Yeah, yeah, because uh, he's not seen by the quote unquote culture as included. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest here. He's not. So you don't hit any other case. And a lot of, uh, like I said, there's pockets of people that showing support for him. But overall, you, you, you're not getting that push that you think you would get for this kind of case. Exactly. Uh, even from what and I asked the question, where is the. Well, that's a that's a bad question because they're they're fighting against their own competition. So <laughs> I'll go say where's the media, but no, nah, they're they're going to well, suppress that's, that's that. That's because... exactly yeah, they're going to suppress it because yeah. you know they, he's competition. I bet he's good competition. I don't have it here on on my on my cable. I can't watch it. Yeah, but the negativity you get it nonstop, twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get and you <laughs> and you get questioned if you don't want to make it, right. uh, or if you don't want to uh, support it. But let's get into the final clip about Kanye can't be silenced. Are you afraid of losing your audience? Yay. I told you I'm only afraid of God. I'm only afraid of my daddy, God. Mm -hmm. I done been 15 years. I'm telling you, God is showing that you can have your own thoughts, bro. I've been canceled before there was cancel culture. Who told you 
that my career would be over. The same people that are telling you that you can't have a right to say who you will vote for, those people will be soon to take Jesus out of school. Those people will be soon to remove Jesus, period, from America, which is the Bible Belt. Those people will be soon, man, come on, man, I ain't finna go Alex Jones level on y'all, man, come on, man, what y'all want? Like, wake up, wake up, Mr. West, wake up, culture. Wake up. Everybody think they so woke, but they following the rules of what woke's supposed to be. Hip-hop ain't never been about following rules. It's been about doing what you feel. I'm going to take the Louis. I'm going to throw it like this. I'm going to do it with the polo. I'm going to do it like this. Even like the way I talk. Hold on. Let me use my African-American voice. Let me use my Disney-approved voice. Let me use... You know what I'm saying? We're not even speaking in our own language, bro. Like, we talk louder than this. Africans talk loud. Italian moms talk loud. We talk louder, but we speak in our corporate voice. Or we don't want to ruin the deal voice. Or this why, bro, I love y'all, man. And I love me. And I love Christ. And y'all should love to see this. I'm not, I'm not going to tell y'all what y'all should do. I'm just doing what I do. If you love it, then cool. If y'all want to rap me, it ain't going to make a difference. Honestly, <laughs> I done been killed so many times on social media and i'm still here i'm still talking look at me i i i actually rewound that on the uh on the interview where he goes rap. Mm-hmm. what did he say mm-hmm. rap me i didn't i didn't get it it's, it's just the yeah, like you basically y'all want to kill me like y'all want to and what's the term it wasn't it was it was it was it was non-verbal it's like a <laughs> oh okay it was like an onomatopoeia kind of thing. I got, I got it. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he brings. I, I got the gist. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing a word. Yeah, you went lost in translate. I mean, it was it was more of a yeah. It was yeah. Um, so he brings up a great uh, thing, a great topic that's near and dear to your heart: social media. And I think that's a lot of where. I brought up in the last show how they use the television during the civil rights movement that the this new movement, this new movement of wokeism uh, was the battleground is social media. Yes. And that's why he's been the number one victim. Uh, I'm not going to say victim, the number, number one, because he hasn't taken him down yet. Uh, he's the number one target. Uh, and he's aware of that. Um, but let's listen to Kanye talk about social media. With social media, people are brainwashed by it. People are addicted to it. It is the modern day cigarettes. Mm-hmm. When cigarettes first came out and Edward Bernays created the uh, created the Torches of Freedom March to get women to feel empowered yep. by smoking cigarettes. This is from Century of Self. And it shows that Edward Bernays was... Uh, Freud's cousin. So, you know, I don't know if I should even even talk anymore. It's like yeah. <laughs> I have so much what? more to ask you. I so much, I'm just about to Miami. I have so much more to ask you. It might be five more years before I get to speak I to don't you. Know. You might be president by the time I speak to you next. You know how I'm going to be on the on the on the picking order when you're president. You oh, you're right down. No, we'll do an interview. We'll do an interview. I don't do a lot of interviews anyway. I know you don't. It's good to see you again. I'll probably do more interviews when I'm president. Um, 2024 is still a thing. That's still that's the that's the time frame. We're working on you're working, working on, on some things right now. So yeah, the what I'm saying is mm. people are addicted to social media. 
Well, that's All right, so you, I, you I, get, no, no I, disagreement for me on that, obviously. I set that up bad because that is from another interview doing this press run for this release. Mm-hmm. And what it was, was he was allowed to give context in this interview. Uh, I noticed, I just want to say this right quick. I noticed that between the two interviews, he was more relaxed in this interview because it was, it was a white interviewer. Uh, and I don't think he had to feel like he had he was being pressed by the culture as he was in the say the big boy video. Right, it wasn't a, uh, it was it wasn't a adversarial interview. Yes, and he wasn't on guard. So uh, the next couple of clips is going to come from that interview because he was actually allowed to uh, lay out what he thought the problems was with social media. Well, so he, that he, was the only way I could get the proper context for the. Instagram got your B. You were saying, yeah. <laughs> well, he he um, he allowed himself to speak freely. Well, I'll say this: Big Boy was pressing him. True. It was more of a it was more of a cross examine. Yeah. Okay. Then it was yes. uh, yeah, ask yeah, you yeah. a question and let you uh, elaborate on what you think. Right. It, you know what I'm saying? It was more, yeah, it was more like a, the perfect word uh, would be cross-examined. Mm-hmm. And I think he really got on the defensive because, and that veil kicked in. Right. The veil fell back down right. because it's like, now I got to be careful how I say stuff uh, because uh, I don't want to be further. I mean, I think he does, he even said himself, he does care yeah. how he's seen but he doesn't care enough to change who he is. And I just think that's part of Kanye's ego. Um, and I think all of us should be like that in a way that, you know what? I, I care about your feelings, but I care about my mental health more. Mm. And I, I and I rub a lot of people the wrong that way because, I, I well, I do give people a disclaimer. I say, do you really want to know how I feel before <laughs> before <laughs> before I answer? <laughs> because I'd be like, no, never mind. <laughs> right because hey i'm gonna give you the, the the honest truth because i'm not gonna live in i think this i know we gotta wrap soon but um i think people's mental health is really affected because when you have to live in an altered you know, uh, reality and a lot of people oh without without that. a doubt oh no this is social media has been incredibly destructive in particular mm-hmm. because there are alternative realities that are formed and you're bullied into being one part of it and you're rewarded by the way when you when you virtue signal or do whatever you need to do then you get your likes and your retweets and your attaboys and all that stuff it's oh it's the comparison with cigarettes is a very good one yeah and i'm glad he used the edward bernays because we brought him up on the show before Uh, edward bernays is a staple of 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 what I've been doing on podcasts for 12 years, you know, the whole idea of propaganda, PR, and, you know, it, it, news is, if it's not pissing somebody off, it's propaganda, you know, it's, so it, it, it's our <laughs> life, our life is built, around, I mean, half the news stories you read are meant to tee your mind up, or read, what am I saying, half the news stories mm-hmm. you're, you're presented with are teeing your mind up for some damn movie that's coming out in two weeks. And yeah. This happens all the time. So yeah, and and I and I love that Kanye. You know, he he knows Bernays. He knows the connection uh, to uh, Sigmund Freud. He knows the torches of freedom, which is women smoking cigarettes walking down, uh, I think Fifth Avenue or, or Park Avenue. I think it was whatever. the Ma- the Macy Parade. The Macy's, I think it was the yeah, Macy's, Macy's Parade. parade. Yes. So yep, it might have been West Side. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, he's very, he's he's right in tune. He's very he 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 knows his history, but he's crazy, total nuts. <laughs> so uh, Kaye on social too. Social media prompts women in particular to put out content that they wouldn't have put out. In right. The past. So you're referring to your sex addiction. Yeah. Would not. Yeah. It, it definitely could deal with my addiction. But when I was younger mm. and I wanted to see something like that, I had to, you know, pay someone that was older to go to Seven Eleven mm. and buy it. Mm. Now I got friends that got have kids that are in just out of grammar school and high school mm. that it's completely available. There is no NSFW. I load up right now on this computer and I'll load up some things and you'll be like, should that be NSFW mm-hmm. or not? Mm-hmm. Is it just covering just a bit of it? And, you know, there's people as a God fearing, married, Christian, innovator, billionaire, founder, <laughs> no one's going to take my opinion away from me. <laughs> there's a free man talking yeah and and, and I, I i like it i like yeah. i mean because it gives other people we've seen kanye impact the view on uh so many different things that i hope it inspires people to want to become mentally free uh that way we can get honesty now i might not agree with your freedom but i'd rather deal with that than deal with, with this I don't this uh superficial artificial uh state of society that we're at now. So I, I go ahead. Well, I was going to say that what I liked about the interview much earlier when Conway's talk Conway <laughs> when Kanye's talking about uh the Graham got your bitch it's uh, I had to think about it. What I believe he's saying is and I think he even said it to some degree it's so crazy that the woman you love, the, the person you are in a relationship with, thinks of sending something great to Instagram before she sends it to you. Kanye on social three. Yo, boo, can you not be on social media literally as you speak? <laughs> <laughs> See how hot it is? Okay. But just something else, like just either like focus the energy here or like be able to go somewhere else or something like or just do it in another room or something. But I'm not trying to put you on blast. I'm just saying that I'm like that. I, no, but I go into this transcendent state in these Stay interviews there. where like all I'm actually reading Larry's mind. What's Larry thinking? As you're speaking, I'm actually reading Josh's mind. I'm reading. um uh, Mr. Boy's mind, but what happened exactly case in point, something on the internet took a distracted booze mind. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So as he's giving this speech on social media, and I'm going to get a wrap back around to your point, but I wanted to show you that. As he's giving this speech on social media, one of his employees or entourage is actually on social media. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and to your point, yes, the Instagram does have your woman in uh, a lot of cases in society because, one, as you stated, they they frame their whole, and not only for women, but 
Instagram has us because we present ourselves better out to social media than we do to the people in the room with us. And that's why I wanted to play that clip. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because to social media, I mean, to some people, social media is more important than reality. No, it is their reality. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a scary thought. That's a very scary thought. And where where are we at now? Um, Where are we in an altered reality? Um, And just to, to put a, uh, a nice cherry on top about uh, the what we present to Instagram. If your husband sees you a certain way, why do you feel like you need to put a filter on for everybody else? Who, who are you living for? And I don't have an answer to that, but just think about that. It's like, uh, and and what that does, it makes... I think it's having a real effect on people's mental, uh, the way they perceive things, because we expect people to look like filters. <laughs> like, yes. why, why, why did that person have bumps? Why do they, I mean, like, what, what, you know, all the, you know, if you, if you only see people online and you see them in real life, it's very jarring. It's disappointing. And is that, that's very unhealthy. <laughs> yes. That's because you what you're doing is creating a, and this goes back to the mental health thing. You're creating a reality that you can't live up to. And then you wonder why people are disappointed. I mean, if you just be honest, uh, and it just not only say like physically, but honest mentally. Um Yeah, but honesty is frightening, Mo. People are very afraid of this. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> so, sir, I know we made it all the way through. Uh, but can you please cue the theremin? <laughs> of course. Here we go, everybody. Now we're going off the rails. We're going nutso. Mo. We have... <laughs> Woo! All right. We have entered the conspiracy theory portion of the show, and we can't have a, a, one of these episodes without being conspiracy theorists that we are. I heard Kanye... Doing all this Jesus talk. Now I am a man, a man of faith myself, and I'm not trying to question his uh his validity of his faith. But I was watching a um documentary, The Family, on Netflix. In my twenties, I stumbled my way in, and what I found is a secretive Christian organization called The Family that had been hiding in plain sight for over eighty years. This was a group with tentacles around the world. A humble example of leadership that the world has never seen. A breathtaking enmeshment of church and state. There were congressmen, senators, world leaders. And they say it's about faith, but there's a shared understanding that what we're really about here is power. I'd like to single out Doug Coe. Doug Coe and all of his associates. I'm grateful. Doug Coe is the longtime leader of the family. He's the most powerful man in Washington you've never heard of. He said the more invisible you can make your organization, the more influence it will have. Jesus plus nothing. It's a powerful thing. Using the National Prayer Breakfast, they dispatch representatives to build relationships with foreign leaders. That is exactly the kind of meeting that I would want to exploit. 
for the family, Jesus says you must go to those who are in positions of power. God always uses imperfect vessels to do his perfect work. President Trump's an imperfect vessel. Jesus is the answer, but Jesus and Capitol Hill don't mix. Because we want our family to stay together. Holy crap, I've not uh, seen this trailer. What uh, What is this all about? Yes, it's the family, a.k.a. the fellowship. Uh, it's a Christian organization in Washington, D.C. Uh, its leader was Doug Coe. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Of course, I remember this. This is like the, this is the boule. It's the Christian boule. Yes, exactly. Um, so they're the ones that hold the uh, the regular public event each year, the National Prayer Breakfast. Right. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I'm about to go there. I think, well, I have to say this. Kanye was clearly uh, doing the bidding of the Illuminati at one point in his career. So much so, I had to part ways with even listening to his music. Oh really? What because, around what time? What 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 music? What songs were uh, at that well, time? It started with um, "Twisted Dark Fantasy." Uh, he was saying some say a lot of satanic stuff in there that I was like, ah, I really can't do it. And then he came out with the what I could perceive to be the blasphemous album "Jesus," which I've never heard before. It was a play on the word of Jesus. And so um, to the point where he would uh, was calling himself a God. Mm-hmm. And he and during the show, he would have a guy that looked like Jesus come on the stage and he would basically have a it was very blasphemous. Now he goes from this. I believe he may have been inducted by the family. And why not? And why not? That would be the power. That would be a great power center for him to operate from. Especially if you want to become president. Oh, brother, I love you when you do this to me. <laughs> and I, I, by they, the way, I, when Kanye said that he he was going to run for president, I was like, oh, yeah, he could do it. <laughs> that the same thing with Trump. It's like, yeah, that crazy. He could do it. Right, right circumstances, he could go. Because he did the same thing with saying tennis shoes. He was like, uh, sneakers. He was yeah. like, hey, I'm going to have to make a shoe that rivals Jordan. And he did it. Yeah. A, a lot of times when people say certain things, when certain people say certain things, you have to listen. Uh, and listening as I, as, as I do, as I watch this, um, I didn't go into this documentary thinking anything, the connection between them and Kanye. But as I listen to members of the group talk and it's and it's uh they have a substantial connection with black people inside the country and black people in africa uganda nigeria uh, a lot of the dictators over there the family has connections with uh uganda being one specifically but let's listen to uh one of the members of the family talk in family one we see this every day in our culture. We see great men who have done great things come crashing down over some affair that gets exposed. We're talking David, the greatest man of war. Bathsheba, with a look, brings him down to his knees where that no conquering army could defeat him, but he ran from his own family. <laughs> (laughs) 
we must go out and reach the Wolf King. How do you get the Wolf King? You show him that you have a great power. I love this uh, theory. It just hit me like a lightning bolt. I was like, when you watch it and know what I know about this whole transformation, I'm like, he could be aligning himself with the, with the, like you said, the Christian Illuminati. And to do that, this is where this new identity comes from. As I was listening to that, you know, the, the bit about, you know, the right man will come along. I think they might have, did they use the word tool in there? Or that might have been my imagination. Um, just last night, I was watching a PBS Frontline interview with Steve Bannon. And I've, mm-hmm. I've seen Steve Bannon interviews. This one was so good because he talked about how he, Bannon, and Jeff Sessions had years ago set up a whole bunch of things that they wanted to change in America uh, or make great again, literally. Now, it's Steve Bannon, so I, I don't know the guy. He may be full of shit, but it sounded very plausible and believable. And that and that they before Trump came on the scene, they'd been trying this, things didn't work. And Jeff Sessions said, the right man will come along. And he will be the tool of change. And Bannon says, and that man was Trump. An imperfect tool. Hear what I'm saying now, because this Mm -hmm, is just mm -hmm. what Kanye is. An imperfect tool, but the tool nonetheless. And, you know, the um, Christians or the religious, I won't say right, the the religious period. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, why wouldn't they be it's a great it's a i think it's what everybody wants if you have a group and you believe in something strong enough and then you're waiting for the guy and now you can call him jesus the messiah or the wolf to go after the wolves but he's mm-hmm. the, the imperfect tool and i love this theory and and you cannot you cannot deny kanye is quoting from this series somehow or it's just a big coincidence it's one or either that, and I'll give you one other big coincidence, and then you know what I'm saying we could we could we could probably wrap up after his visit to the White House. Kanye pops up in Uganda. Oh my goodness! The fellowship in Uganda have a very tight relationship. They were ones that had, were helping push that anti-gay bill in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Yes, he pops up and he meets with the president of Uganda. And I couldn't clip it because it wasn't. It was the I saw the clip on um on YouTube, but the the family they have this little Bible. It's a subset of the books of the Holy Bible, which only the Gospels, the four books of the Gospel. And damn it, if it didn't look like Kanye had that in his hand when he was meeting the president. Well, I'm I'm a bit concerned about the Uganda connection because Uganda is run by the CIA. It's been run by the CIA for the past 50 <laughs> years. So I'm very concerned about that and uh, you know, but who the hell knows? And and, and I'll uh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, please finish. And I will wrap with I mean, I'll, from my side with this. Kanye is a very easy win for president. 
That sounds crazy, but I've, I've said this before, and I was called crazy. Now, we've said the left, right, you know, the, 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 the Democrats rely on heavy black vote, right? Mm-hmm. If they can get that number down, if Kanye can get that number down enough, it's about the negative vote here. Right. And he already told you in these clips before, middle America is with Kanye. And I agree. And he's only solidified. I, I listened to the album. And by the way, in that interview, we didn't play it, but he, he says, you know, I'm like Michael Jackson. You know, he's got all these different things. I'm Michael I'm, Jordan. Michael yeah. Jordan, right. I'm hearing Stevie Wonder in this record. I'm what, what we would call the musical genius of Stevie Wonder. There is some um, outstanding stuff in this record. But without a doubt, from beginning to end, it's spiritual, it's religious, it's Christian, from beginning to end. Every lyric, every word, but the choirs, all the stuff, and it's, it's, it's the message, it's all there. And, and who's on that wall in a black home? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> we, we, had the black, Jesus. we had the black baby Jesus. <laughs> we got, yeah, we got we Jesus. Got, JFK. That's right. And yeah. Martin Luther King. That's it. Uh-huh. Oh my God, Mo. Thank you once again. You you have delivered <laughs> better than I could have imagined. I I told Tina this morning, we're deconstructing Kanye. I'm so excited. <laughs> and uh and perfect. And I'll tell you, man, I'm with you. I and, you know, under the right circumstances with the right backing, Kanye, of course he could become president. Regardless. It'll be so good for the show. <laughs> it'll be it'll be so good for the show. And this show, please run, yeah, Kanye, please run, Kanye. And this show um, is, of course, put out free to listen to, free to copy, send around, move around to anybody uh, as a podcast. Uh, of course, support is needed. You hear the work that is being done here, but more importantly, what's the value that you got by listening to the past two hours? To us two jamokes just shooting the shit. Turns out people do get some value from it. And all we ask is you show some of that in return. It's called the value for value system. And uh, if it was, what is your time worth? If your time is only worth a couple bucks an hour, good. If you didn't get any value out of it, please keep listening. Don't send anything. But if you did, go to mofundme.com. M-O-E-F-U-N-D-M-E.com. Mofundme.com. Uh, and uh, support the show and support the work. Mo, thank you. Uh, it just once again, it makes me excited for the next show. <laughs> and as I always say, pay attention to everything and the truth will reveal itself. That's right. And we will reveal ourselves once again in one week from now. And you never know where the show can go. MoFax.com with Adam Curry. It's MoFax.com and support the work at MoFundMe.com. Talk to you next time, Mo. All right, see you later, Adam. Bye-bye, everybody. Listen, everybody, to what I'm saying. We got to change the way we live. Better get together, try and figure out whether you're giving all you can give. The whale's going dry, everybody's getting higher, grabbing all that they can find. You can stand by, raise it to the sky, look to the rainbow sign. 
Come on, people, let the show begin. Get down in it, try and find a friend. Because time keeps moving and today won't come again. No, no, no. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. When we meet out in the street and you play your little ego games, it breaks my heart the way it keeps us apart. It's a sin, a crime, and a shame. I know you hesitate, there's an awful lot of hate and mistrust for your fellow man. But don't sit around and wait until it's too late. Take a hold of your brother's hand. Oh, come on, people, let the show begin. Get down in it, try and find a friend. Because time keeps moving and the day won't come again. No, 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 la, la, la. Don't come again. No, 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 no. 